Welcome to episode 113 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 113 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Um, I'm in the studio by myself right now, but John's going to be in the show today, so don't worry too much about that. But before we start, we have our sponsors, Athlinks.com for all your social needs, CoffeesofHawaii.com for all your coffee needs, and lastly, Trybuys.com for every other need that you'd have other than coffee and social needs. Does that make sense? Good. So this week's show, it's a little bit different. John's over in Italy doing Epic Camp Italy, and he's done about half an hour of interviews. Now, he's hoping to get interviews up throughout this week. Now, we're unsure how that's going to go, because he's finding it a little bit tough, which I'm kind of liking, because in a way, it kind of makes the fact that I get them out every day on Epic Camp look a little bit more legendary. So, hey, I'm just taking a bit of credit here. But we've got a couple interviews up, and it goes for about half an hour. Now, we may get some more interviews up throughout this week, or we may just back up a few for next week's show. Because this only interviews are only half an hour long, and I know you guys like a longer show, I've actually been a bit naughty, and I'm going to put half an hour of Forever Fitness on, which is the other podcast which I started doing about three months ago now. And there's one in particular that we did, that Ish and I did, on mental toughness and uh, a few of you guys actually listened to it and wrote it and said how you really, really enjoyed it. So I thought that could really be appropriate for you guys out there. So first of all, we're going to have Iron Man talk with John and uh, he's going to be interviewing a few of the Epic Campers. And then uh, I'll do a quick intro into Ish and stuff and it's about half an hour of Forever Fitness and then we'll wrap up the show. So let's get straight into it. Here's John in France. No, in Italy. I'm thinking of Epic Camper a couple of years ago. <laughs> See yous. <laughs> Radio guys, welcome along to the first of the Epic Camp reports. Um, no Bevan here, it's just John, but I'm going to be going through a bit like what Bevan does on the other Epic Camps and has a bit of a chat to all the athletes here and let you guys know what we've been up to. Um, we've just finished day two, it's been pretty full on. I was hoping to get some pre-camp reports out, but the computer was playing up a little bit and also Bevan decided not to include the power plug when he sent it over, so had a few technical issues, but... Uh, the Epic Camp Reports are brought to you by High Five Sports Nutrition, Blue 70 for all your wetsuit needs, Coffees of Hawaii of course, Fuel Belt for all your carrying all your fuel on race day, Oomph for the best uh, triathlon racing apparel you can find, Head for carbon fibre, everything you ever need and also uh, the guys helping out in the camp, we've got the guys from Pyrenees Multisport and Muscles Inc for anybody in Christchurch who wants a massage. So. Before we get into the Epic Camp side of things, um, a couple of things that have happened. Uh, we've, we have now got two spaces for Camp Kiakaha. We've had a couple of guys unfortunately have to pull out um, for a number of reasons, so there's two spaces. So please email myself or Ian Wright, um, go onto the Ironman Talk website, you can find our details, or you can email me directly on info at coachjohnnewsome.com. Um, and we can get in touch and it would be great if we can have a full camp we did have guys on the waiting list um, and we do appreciate short short notice but we'd love to have uh, as many guys there as possible obviously uh, some other news we had from last weekend that we missed on last week's show was uh, the challenge race in France it was a bit of a sellout so it was a half Ironman distance race Belinda Granger took out the girls race from Lucy 
Zelna Kova and Nina Egert was third. Um, on the guys' side of things, it was Francois Chabot first, Radka Biki second, and Patrick Bringer third. Uh, so it's really good to see the Challenge Series um, growing, uh, and hopefully they'll make Ironman sort of lift their game a little bit, and it'll be fantastic, especially for the pro side of things, if we can get um, the prize money going up and, and just make sure the standard of racing is, is always going to be good. So in terms of how the camp here in Italy is going, as I said, we've finished day day two. Uh, we opened up on day one with a 3K uh, swim, which included a 2K time trial. Thankfully for me, uh, Monsieur Molina was a little bit off form, so I managed to take that out uh, from actually Gordo in second and Molina third, and Stephen Lord was in fourth place. So we did that first up. Uh, we had a little run around Verona where we started the camp as a bit of a meet and greet, and that was uh, a nice little easy 50-minute run. And then we got on the bikes and we biked from Verona up uh, north to Trento. We basically headed up to Lake Garda and then traversed along the side of Lake Garda. Uh, we finished the ride with an 11k gentle uphill time trial that was taken out by Gordo. Uh, was Stephen second? It may have been yeah, maybe. maybe it was either Molina or Stephen in second and third, I think I was fourth, um, and I'm not quite sure who was after that. So that finished the day off nicely, we had some treacherous downhills um, to come into Trento, we were coming down a hill uh, through dual carriageway tunnels, going around about 70k an hour, um, pretty dark, really noisy, and it just scared the crap out of everybody. Uh, it was good fun, and a, few, a good talking point after the after the day was finished. Uh, we actually ended up finishing the day pretty early. Um, the guys were, we rolled into Trento probably around about 2.30 in the afternoon and I was a little bit surprised at the lack of tacking on. Uh, myself and Michael Peters, we headed out and tacked on an extra 30k on the bike which took us up to 150k for the day. I decided then um, I wanted to make a bit of a push, went off to the pool, did another uh, 3,000 metres, included a 200 fly which gives you a bonus point and also a thousand bands which gives me another bonus point, and then I also got a point for the 3K swim. And I thought that might have been enough to take the pink jersey for the day, but alas, uh, Stephen Lord had gone out and decided to do a two and a half hour run on top of doing 50 minute run in the morning. So he ran three hours 20 on the first day, which is pretty impressive. And uh, with that, he took the yellow jersey, uh, not the yellow jersey, and, and Italy, we've got the pink jersey in respect of the, the Giro d'Italia. So Stephen took that by about half a point from me. Um, I was a little bit, I thought I'd had it, and I was actually riding the pink jersey on the first day because I was the highest placed athlete from the last camp. So that was my plan, was to push for pink on the first day and then not worry about it too much after that. But that kind of went out the window and Stephen's a bit of a madman and he looks like he's determined to take home the pink jersey. What else happened on the first day? Um, not many others tacked on, to be honest. Uh, they sort of kind of kicked back and, and are waiting for the, the big days that are going to come. And we, we did have a big day on day two, and, uh, and day three is going to be a monster day. So, yeah, we've just finished day two in Trento. We opened up. Uh, some people ran to the pool, did a 50-minute run. We then had a one-hour swim, although there was the option of going two hours. And guess what? Stephen Law decided to go two hours. 
Uh, I did the 2100 set, which we have a bonus for an extra point. Did that with Melina, 2100s. It was an outdoor 50 metre pool. Did those on 130, and that gave us a bonus point. Maybe two bonus points, actually. And then we went out for a bike ride, which was about a 160k loop. We rode out of Trento straight uphill. Uh, pretty gentle climb, but it went on and on and on for probably a good 25k. Uh, Joanne Carrot, who is the, the only female on the camp, dropped the hammer on the boys. Uh, Gordo had taken off, he had attacked, and Joe was sitting on the front dragging myself, Melina, and her partner, Stephen, up the mountain. I'm told her heart rate was sitting on 175, and she certainly looked like it. Um, it's very impressive. She absolutely blitzed it up the climb, uh, nearly bridged us up to Gordo at one stage. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, we then got hit with some pretty heavy rain for probably a good hour to two hours, uh, and it was pretty heavy. A little bit cold, wasn't too bad. We went over a pass that was about 1,400 metres high. Uh, Gordo took that out because he had attacked way off the front. I was lucky enough to get over second because Melina had stopped to put on some clothes. Stephen was next, then Melina, and then the Gruppetto was forming behind. Uh, we had a few issues, getting a little bit lost here and there, but we all got back in one piece 160k later. We had a tough climb to get back over the mountain we'd uh, climbed over to get back to Trento. Everybody made it safely, um, which was fantastic. Great big 25k descent into Trento to finish the ride, so good way to finish the day. Um, that was about it for today. I did my 50-minute run at the end of the day, um, so I ticked all the boxes. Stephen stays in pink. He's got a big lead. Um, Melina is leading the Old Farts competition, and the way the Old Farts competition is, Gordo is the cut-off point. Uh, Gordo's turned 40, or is he going to just about turn 40? He's about 40 anyway. Anybody older than Gordo is eligible for the green jersey, uh, so it's the boff, best old fellow uh, competition and Gordo is in the polka dot for King of the Mountains. Tomorrow is going to be a monster day. Obviously got a regular swim and run. Uh, we're then biking from Trento to Cortina de Peso. Maybe not quite, quite the correct pronunciation. Uh, we've got a climb straight out the door, and then the two big passes we're doing are Paso del Fidia, which is over the Marmolada, and then we drop down from there, and then we go to the Paso de Gao. Both of those are around about 2,200, maybe 2,400 metres. I drove over them last week, and they are just off the chart, ridiculous climbing. So it's going to be a pretty cool day. I think everybody's going to take it pretty chilled out to start with, probably with the exception being Gordo, who will probably drop the hammer from the gun. But those passes, when I drove over them, they seemed to be over 10% the whole way um, and up to 15% for around about 10 kilometres. So it's going to be a very, very tough day. Fingers crossed we get nice weather because it can get pretty chilly over the tops if it's not. So that's a bit of an update on the first couple of days. What I'm going to try to do now is have a few interviews with a few of the guys um, and we'll get this up. Uh, I hope to do a few more podcasts, uh, ideally every second day if I can, but we'll just kind of see how things are going. It's pretty busy and we train for, for long hours. And I've also got the organisational side of things to worry about as well, but we'll see how we go. Uh, I'll be also posting some photos up on epiccamp.com uh, when I get a chance to do that. There's some blogs up there. I've just written a short blog from day one. Melina's writing a bit of a blog up there as well. So check that out. 
Um, but a reminder, anybody wants to come Camp Kiakaha, get in touch with us as soon as possible. We'd love to see you there. And uh, so now I'm going to do a few interviews. First on the block is my roommate here in Trento, Russell Cox. Um, we always like to get the vital statistics. So, where are you from, Russell? How old are you? And occupation? Uh, I'm from Reading in England. I'm 31, nearly 32, and I'm uh, in uh, internet website building. Um, so I sit in my backside all day normally. Very good. Um, I'm just going to check this. Make sure you. So you're here on Epic Camp. Uh, what made you decide to come to Epic Camp, and what are you sort of hoping when you? No, firstly, what, what, why did you come on Epic Camp? Uh, well, I kind of listened to the podcast before. I'd actually stayed with Ian and Julie in France, and they have like the poster with all you guys had signed it when you were there. Yeah, and kind of they they sort of helped persuade me I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was you know crazy enough that it seemed interesting. What's your Ironman sort of time? Uh, best one at the moment is 9.42, which was in Western Australia, which is pretty flat. but It's an easy qualification time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you maybe started the camp, um, and you, if you were thinking, right, at the end of this camp, what do I, what, what do I want to have achieved and what do I want to go away with? Um, I'm not crazy like Stephen is, so okay. I, I pretty much came in with a conservative goal. I want to try and get the minimum in every day, which I've been yeah. told is hard enough. Yeah. Um, and I'll be happy with that. I have to admit today on the ride, because we were just slightly over the distance I'd expected, there was a bit of me thinking if I did an extra 20k and I had time, <laughs> I'd get an extra point for that. <laughs> You'll get into that sooner or later. It just takes a couple of days to get into that. Um, in terms of the first two days, uh, expectations versus reality? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I, I came in expecting it to be tough, and I think it's, it, it's, it's meeting that yep. so far. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy in any respect. No. Any surprises that you thought, crap, holy crap, I wasn't, wasn't sort of expecting that, or uh, pretty much according to plan so far? I've, I mean, with the rides, I've done a fair amount of riding a hilly train now, a lot in France and that. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting used to that. The, the third climb today was a bit, bit of a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I thought last climb it'd be a bit easy. We get over yeah. that. It didn't look too bad on the uh, on the chart. I'm, I'm good at sort of putting <laughs> things down. So on this camp over here, um, I've, I've driven some of the routes, but I haven't driven all of them. And today was one of the ones that I hadn't driven. So it was basically we're going in blind. Pretty much everybody got lost once, um, just minor losses, but it was just a bit frustrating because it was raining as well, getting lost in the rain is never much fun. My map just fell to pieces, which was which was not good, so I was completely blind. Um, no, it was a pretty solid day today. Um, in terms of uh, your plan for the next few days, what do you, I mean, tomorrow we have two passes. Have you ridden, I mean, you said you've ridden some passes in, in France, have you ridden anything you think is quite the steep where it's sort of consistently over 10%? Um. There's not too much. I mean, I've done the Tourmalet both sides. Come a little closer there. Sorry. I've done the Tourmalet both sides, um, and that kind of gets steep to the end. Yeah. Uh, but if you're saying 10K around 10%, that, that's <laughs> going to be impressive. I, th- I think tomorrow's going to be the one that helps me decide whether I can make those minimums. You'll make them. No <laughs> it gets, we have a few easier days there um, once we get to Cortina, but... 
No, it's gonna. I mean, when I was driving over in the car, I was pretty much sitting in second all the way <laughs> up. So it was, uh, it was pretty full on. When I took, when I crested the top, I can't remember which one it was, uh, and started going down the other side. I had signs. It was fifteen percent at the top. So it's gonna, it's gonna be good times. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, in terms of uh, plans for this year, and what, what have you done? So have you done any races so far, and, and, and plans going forward? Um, so far, I've done a few races, not masses. I've done a lot more training and travelled around a bit to train. Um, I did the Beauty Half Ironman in the UK. Right. So it's a it's a local race there. You First smoke time. It? I didn't quite smoke. I did the right seventh overall, so that was good. Nice. I was quite happy with that. Um, I then spent the next week doing almost nothing to try and get ready for camp. Yeah. Um, Still came in with, I think, the tightest muscles in my legs of anyone here. Oh. Uh, anyway. um, Switzerland's my main Ironman this year. I'd like to qualify for Hawaii, yeah. but it's always hard to tell. They've changed the course this year, so yeah. you well, don't know what they're going to do. What would you, looking back at the past results, <coughs> what do you have to do roughly to qualify normally? I reckon around a 9.20 in my age group. Yeah, um, solid. I think, I think it went down to 9.25, but a 9.20 is kind of the yeah. safest better or rather the slowest you can get away with yeah um slow yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and then come september i head off to australia and i'm taking a year out and training full time what sort of brought that on uh, in terms of deciding you want to take a year year out um uh, every year i've got more into this and uh, it kind of just, uh, it, it, it's as you get more into this and you find yourself getting a bit better and, and pushing yourself a bit harder, you just want a bit more. Yeah. Uh, and the opportunity was there. I'd been to Australia last year for six weeks and I think within about three or four days on the Gold Coast there, I decided I wanted to come back again for a lot longer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was basically the, the kind of thing that checked I came back from there uh, around December last year and pretty much said straight off, that's yeah. it, I'm going back. Nice. I only live once, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what was your sort of background before you came into triathlon? Um, before triathlon, I did some running for a couple of years, yeah. and then I, I basically I, I uh, sort of in my early twenties, I, I work in computing. Like yeah. I say, you sit down all day. Uh, I was pretty unfit, um, and my my company offered a free gym membership, right. which is you know a nice yeah. deal. And I had a boss who uh, basically, if you're in the office. He was expecting you to be working, and he, you know, get to work any time he could. Uh, and going to the gym was a good way to escape this. Mm. Uh, so I started going at lunch, got fitter, and it's really been right since then. It just progresses every year. You know, yeah. you start half marathon, then marathon, yeah. then triathlon, and then uh, you know, I, I did the thing you like, which is I three year plan was three it? Three year plan. Nice. It was three years before I did my first Ironman. Nice. <laughs> Sprints and Olympic. Good. Half and full one. So when you did your first Ironman, what time did you do? Uh, 9.46 in Austria. Holy crap. <laughs> That's a prayer. I was sort of thinking, you might say, oh, well, I did about 11 hours, and I came down to 10, then I did 9.20. I'd got really into it by then, and I mean, yeah. I, much as I did a three-year plan, by that point I'd done about eight half Ironmans. Right. Uh, I think, I mean, last year I did two Ironmans, two Ironmans and five or six halves. Right. And so that progression from eight forty to eight twenty, was there anything special you sort of did there? What was it? What's your PB? 
my PB. Yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. If it was 840 to 820, I'd be really happy. <laughs> that, that is the progression. If a camp is going to help you make that <laughs> If it does, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, so in Iron Man, my PB is 942 at the moment. Yeah. In Western Australia. Nice. And I'm looking to get it down to 920. Fantastic. Uh, got any, anybody you want to say hello to who's listening? <laughs> I don't know because most of my friends don't actually listen. Don't they? No. Got to get them on the program. I should do. Um, yeah. Very good. And so after camp here, uh, then you got Switzerland, yep. Australia. So if anybody's out in Australia, keep a lookout for Russell <laughs> and uh, give him some, some, some try some squads to come and train with and stuff. Very good. Well, we'll um, we maybe catch up with you at the end of the camp and see how you've actually found the whole experience once you've okay. done eight days as opposed to day two. But so far, yeah, yeah. You look like you're taking a good sensible approach <laughs> but we want to see a bit of craziness later on maybe later um, once you get past day three let's <laughs> go ballistic righty-ho I'll go and find somebody else to have a chat with now Everyone's going to be so impressed with my music. I bet it doesn't work when I upload this, but it won't even be there. Russell's gagging away in the background, but uh, so we'll, we'll ignore the coughing. Next to me, I've got Anthony DeMarco making a triumphant return uh, after a mere five or six months from Epic Camp New Zealand, which was his first camp. Buongiorno, buongiorno. Buongiorno. So... You've got an Italian name, but that's about as far as your Italian goes. That's it. That's it. I had a hard time pronouncing uh, any of the names on the map today. Right. It wasn't easy. What? Uh, actually, let's bump back to Epic Camp New Zealand. Um, I know when you turned up with your buddy Kevin. Yes. Um, I think you were a little blown away on the first few days going, holy crap, what have we got ourselves in for? First, first few hours. First few <laughs> hours. So when you went back home, um, you had a bit of time to reflect on New Zealand Physical changes, mental yeah. changes, anything in particular that sort of stood out for you? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a few things. Um, I think New Zealand was an eye-opener for me. Uh, first first off, because it set my, my own mental parameters in regards to what I could physically accomplish. It, it, it set new limits. Um, and then the next thing, which was which was really interesting. So obviously, you know, Epic Camp is about volume and, and consistency and, and really putting in a solid week of training. And, a, a real key factor of I think all that training is, is recovery and, and really making sure you take the proper time and I, I feel like I did that well I feel like I you know, did the camp to the best of my ability was real real tired <laughs> took some time off uh, at the end of it and then I did some some, uh, some lactate testing um, a, a few uh, I was, it was like in March mm-hmm. so continued with my training and I, I believe it was the week of March 14th and, and really saw some, some, some pretty good gains nice. so yeah, so mm-hmm. it was uh, it was nice. I actually sent the numbers uh, to Gordo. He took a lot. Of, it was so I got a nice bump, and um, and I, I felt I felt good. My training w- was pretty consistent post New Zealand, so I felt like I recovered well, nice. and you know, all good. And you are you racing Placid? Placid, yeah. Placid. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and so you what are you? You've, you've turned up in Italy. Um, goals for this camp? <laughs> so uh, I wasn't able to. Uh, so day two in New Zealand, that last I, I, I took a ride, um, and then uh, and then on the rest day I missed I missed I missed a ride. So I missed uh, two workouts in New Zealand. So the goal is to, to finish everything, okay. and you know and to finish like you know I was a zombie, mm. 
for New Zealand. Yeah. You know, Scott and I were actually joking about it earlier. So, um, you know, get through this decently and, you know, and just, uh, just get through everything, compete a little bit more than I was able to compete last time. Yeah. And, you know, and then go from there. So far, we've had day one. Yes. It was, I'd say it's a, it was a little easier than what we've had for day one. Yeah. It was a little bit easier than New Zealand, a little yeah. bit shorter. Right. Um, and day two today was probably... It was still five five hours yeah. and forty minutes. Yeah. Five hours and fifty minutes worth of training. So exactly. not so bad. It wasn't, wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad day. And how did you find yeah. today? We first, uh, today was sort of our first taste of getting any sort of cli- climbing in. Um, we didn't go over any uh, hall category climbs or anything. But mm-hmm. how, how did you find yeah, it was, today? It was uh, it was still tough. I mean, you know, yeah. six forty in the saddle plus the swim in the swim in the, in the, in the run. Uh, the climbs are definitely decent. We had some weather weather challenges, nothing too <laughs> crazy, but it did it did rain on us a bit. So uh, it was it was epic today. Yeah, and I've heard rumours about um, attacking going on when people are, people are lost. <laughs> right. yes. Inform us what's going exactly. on. Here. Well, this is what. So yes, I, on the time trial yesterday, I um, I took a wrong turn. And got no sympathy from the crew. So some of the guys that I've been uh, been riding with, uh, they were stopped for directions, and boom, I went right by them. Uh, I knew they were okay, but boom, went right by them for some king of the mountain points, and uh, yeah, and didn't feel bad about it. <laughs> and we'll keep that going tomorrow. What, Absolutely. What, what is your plan for tomorrow? It's a tough day. So it was. It's 50 miles uh, of. Of straight climbing or the kilometer. It's, it's a hell of a lot of climbing. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot of climbing just to, to get to the first pa- uh, pass. Um, it, tomorrow is it really just keep it keep it zone two, keep it steady, um, and just you know get get to the climb. So when you're going up climbs, I mean, like for today, for example, how are you pacing yourself? Are yep. you riding with a group, or have you set yourself some heart rates nope. you want to stick to? How very, are you sort of getting through? Very very, very specific for me today. I. Um, uh, any flats, I'm, I'm keeping my heart rate between 20, 126 and, and 140, which is, uh, you know, basically my, my easy efforts. For, for the hills, I'm going between 140 and 152 and capping at 152. I did that today and it worked out perfect. I, you know, I don't feel depleted. And I got, you know, a, a two-hour tempo uh, in there to the top without, without going too crazy. And, you know, and I, was, I was able to, to, to still ride with a few guys in that range and it worked out well. Keeping in those zones yesterday and those little surges... Well, we had a few. We had a few. We had a few uh, above 152, but not, but not many. Not many. Not many. Uh, and uh, how, how you managed to how, how have you managed to swing this with the, the family? They had two trips away in, in one year. Good question. Good question. <laughs> with great difficulty. Great. No, well, fortunately, we're going to spend some. Um, my family is, is flying in to see my sister-in-law in Geneva, um, oh, nice. and then I'm going after this. I'm going So I, I basically I had to take the wife and kids and get them over here. Yeah. And in return, I got to do Epic Italy. So it was, a, it, was, it was a win-win situation for all involved. Good. Absolutely. And everything's okay on the home front of the stage. Everything is, everything is so far. Let's knock on wood. Everything, phone calls have been nice and good. Let's go. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Glad you're in a good position. <laughs> <laughs> I've been away a bit longer than you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, you yeah. have. Um, what else have we got going on? So, um... Placid, uh, and yeah, you're looking to qualify there first time to qualify for Kona. Uh, no, I qualified last qualified? year. Yep. Uh, you, know, you, I, you didn't go there, did you? you I, didn't I went. I went. I did. Yeah. Uh, had uh, uh, yeah. Last year, two years ago, missed it by 90 seconds. Last year, uh, qualified. Um, you know, had a, had a decent race. And this year, you know, I'd love to, to see you know to see if uh, I can get a, a podium. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what happens. And uh, 
the original goal for this year was was to uh, actually race Arizona. I switched things up uh, after New Zealand, decided to put some more time in the training, and then uh, you know go out and just have the best race I can in in Lake Placid and see see what happens. So have you changed your training much since? New Zealand to now obviously because when you come on a camp you know you, you go away and you want to do more 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 but yep. the reality is most people have only got a set amount of hours they can train within the week so yep. have you changed much of what you do? Yeah I, I actually have changed a lot so um, like I mentioned before this kind of reset in what is difficult in, at least in my head and um, New Zealand did uh, so what I what I did is uh, I've done you know, obviously the recovery, as I mentioned, recovery, as I mentioned before, and I, I probably did six or seven, seven hour plus rides between yeah. New Zealand and here, cool. and, and they've absolutely paid off. Like I, feel, yeah. you know, I feel knock on wood right now. I feel really, really good. Obviously, it's only day two, but we did have, you know, a decent amount of riding in already, and uh, so yeah, I've, I've changed a lot. Nice. Yes. Well, have a good rest of your camp. We'll right, uh, maybe you. catch up with you towards the end. I can't talk as much crap as Bevan. He sits here and he, <laughs> he's, he got, he's got a lot of questions. Yeah. 25 minutes. Right, so I'm, no, I'm struggling good. here. I've done two interviews plus an intro, and I'm only at 26 minutes. So you guys are going to have a short show this week. Uh, maybe Bevan can tack something on with the front or the end with his current love life status, something like that. Um, so, yeah, you have a good camp, and enjoy tomorrow, and enjoy the rest of the hills, and you can talk some Italian with us by the end of the camp. Absolutely. Thank cool. You Thanks much. for your time. Very cool. So that's it. Two days, two interviews. It's 9.27. I've got to do a few more things before I go to bed. So we're going to call it a day there. Uh, the next few days when we're in Cortina d'Ampezzo, I'm hopefully going to have a little bit more time. We, our days aren't quite as heavy there, uh, and we stay in one place for three nights. So I'm, I'm struggling just to bump 30 minutes here, um, but you guys are going to get another 30 minutes maybe in a couple of days' time. Get Gordo and Scott on. I've got some specific things to ask Gordo as requested by a listener. So, yeah, just enjoy your racing. If anybody's got races coming up this weekend, and we'll be back online in a couple of days, and then in a couple about two weeks' time, we're going to have Camp Kiakaha, as I said earlier. Anybody wants to come along, got two spaces left now, so give us a jingle and we'll uh, accommodate you accordingly. So, there we go. That's one podcast done. Train hard, train smart. Jeez, I can't even get it right. Bevan's here and I managed to stuff it up by myself. I'm Russ, I'm in don't. Train hard, train smart, Kia car. So that was the first couple of days of Epic Camp Italy. Um, yeah, nice work. To be honest, I actually haven't listened to it yet. I'm kind of editing this as I go, but I'm sure it was absolute brilliance. So now we're just going to chuck on Forever Fitness. It's with my friend called Ish. He's uh, one of New Zealand's top personal trainers. Like myself, he travels the world teaching people how to be fitness professionals. And uh, to be honest, probably one of the most knowledgeable guys I know when it comes down to motivation and exercise. The guy is just a wealth of knowledge and he's definitely been a huge influence on me. So take a listen. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, here we go. Right, guys, so welcome along to Fitness Forever number four, and uh, it's actually uh, Ish Shane. I didn't, I didn't pronounce your name last night. All this time we've been friends with your same name wrong. Yeah, well, how do you spell your last name? Uh, C H E Y N E. So you can see why I didn't figure it out. Oh, I'm, no. I'm Bevan James. But Owens. then I've got that weird first name as well. Yeah, and your actual name's Ishma. 
And that's Ishmael. Ishmael. Yeah, but everyone calls me Ish. Which is I good. Yeah, I don't even know what my parents are thinking either. Where, 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 where's it from? Well, it's just Bible name and, and uh, it's out of Moby Dick. And, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it's really popular in the Middle East. Really? Because <laughs> no, yeah. it's a combination of two kind of different names. Yeah. And I like it because it's unique. <laughs> Love your work. Hey, so this week's show, we're, uh, we're going to cover a topic that's kind of close to my heart. And it's mental toughness. You know, how do you get mental toughness? And oh, we're going to cover that already. So and then at the uh, second part... Of the show, we're just going to do another exercise for you guys to think about to get you out there doing it, and it'll be pretty much be this week's show. Cool. So, uh, mental toughness ish, you know, Rocky. Why, why was Rocky such a legend? <laughs> Actually, Rocky, you want to hear the story of Rocky? Go on, oh, give me the Rocky story. Go on. So um, a lot of people don't know, Sylvester Stallone actually wrote the script. Yeah, Rocky, yeah, yeah. And uh, he got that idea because he, um, he went and saw Muhammad Ali fight. And okay. Muhammad Ali was boxing this nobody. Yeah. And just beating this guy up and the guy kept getting knocked down. He kept getting up and oh, really? getting knocked down, kept getting up. So he just wouldn't give up? He just wouldn't give up. He just kept going, kept going, kept going. So finally, you know, at the end of it, he goes the full rounds with Muhammad really? Ali. And Sylvester Stallone's like, wow, that was amazing. Goes home, writes the script for Rocky. Yeah. Takes it in to the studio. Um, they, you know, they said, well, we love your script, we're not letting you act in it. He goes, oh. he's like, he wants to act in it. Yeah, so they yeah, said, totally. oh, we'll give you whatever it was, $3,000 for the script. It's like, nah, not not doing it. Goes away, they, they offer him more money, Twenty thousand. Yeah. you know, it starts going up 20000 100000 yeah. Every time he turns it down because they won't let him act in it. Finally, he got like $300,000 and they said, fine, if you're going to act into it, um, and it, then we'll pay you the original 3000 but you can be the actor. Oh, so really? We so you got paid that, nothing pretty much for pretty it? Pretty much nothing, yeah. Wow. And it became one of the highest growth. growth yeah, and it won, it won the Academy Award. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And wow. that's probably where we're heading with our mental toughness. Oh, stuff. mate, that was, a, that was just oh, out of nowhere. What a segue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so mental toughness is, is the difference between Donald Trump and a businessman. It's the difference between your top athletes and, yeah. and the athletes that, that don't perform. It's your ability to be basically make decisions and follow through on them okay. and cope with stuff. Yep. Yeah. So so really just yeah, coping. Yeah. yeah. So so one of the ways that you can actually learn to develop your mental toughness is by putting small challenges. Oh, wait a second, before we go before we do that, why is mental toughness important? Like, you know, a lot of people survive without it. Yep. So mental toughness is suddenly you get under a bit of pressure at work or a bit of pressure in life. Yep. Some people crack. Yep. And some people actually do really well mm. and they make good decisions and they learn and they continue to take more and more pressure. Yep. And I, I sort of look at myself and what I can cope with now far exceeds what I can cope with 10 years ago. Yep. And you're probably exactly the same. Well, it's funny, you know, for me, because I do consider myself mental, mentally tough because I've developed a life where I challenge it a lot. But for me, it just gives me this amazing trust. Yeah. You know, when I go into situations where I know I'm challenged, I just think, you know what, I'm going to be all right. You know, I know this is, uh, that's what I get from it. Yeah, and it's probably your ability to actually make a logical choice. Yeah, totally. Because um, it's not being void of emotion or anything like that. No. What it is is being able to say, this is the decision that needs to be made, and I know I can follow through on it. Mm. And, mm. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's so that's it. where the trust comes, isn't it? That's where it is. And, it, and you build on your experience, and, um, and you can reference things from your past because you have gone through stuff yeah. before. Yeah. Mm. And I guess it's like the... the a good example would be you've got someone who was bullied at school, right? Yep. So someone was bullied at school, one person grows up and they become like a victim mentality, never yep. get over it. Yep. And then there's another person who has went through the same experience and just uses that as a leverage point to never be picked on again, becomes the world's greatest boxer. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of that's, yep. that's mental toughness. Mm. And uh, it doesn't have to be big like that. It can just be small things that we challenges that we put out there for yep. ourselves. 
take on some stress, take on some abilities. You know, if you want to learn how to cope with stress, you need to experience yeah, totally. stress. Yeah. To, to cope with it. And you yeah. also need to make sure it's the right kind of stress, but totally, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And, and if you, you can't risk, you know, a dollar and ten dollars on, on an investment, there's no way later on when you've got the money you'd ever risk a hundred thousand dollars on mm. an investment. So mm. it, it's ma- making some small mental toughness decisions now that'll benefit you later on. Okay, great. So now we see the benefits. So what's some of the process we can really think about, you know, like, because a lot of people aren't that mentally tough and a lot of people will kind of give up kind of too easy. Yeah. What if, well, how do you develop that? I would start with really small things. Okay. Like one of the things I, I get my clients to do on a regular basis, they'll say, right, the next three days, I just don't want you to drink coffee okay. at all. So that might be the challenge. So all they have to do is three days. I don't care if they go back to it after the three days. But afterwards, what they say is, oh, I didn't actually think I could do it, but I can. Yeah. And it becomes a reference point to, to leverage from. Okay. So then it might be, okay, so we're going to do a bit of a detox. So you're going to drink water for five days and you're not going to have any alcohol or caffeine drinks. Yeah. So then they go through the five days. It becomes another leverage point. Mm. It might be that I decide that we're going to go for a longer training Session. Session. Or we're going to pick up the intensity over four days. Okay. And at the end of the four days, then we'll reassess it. But what they do is they reference onto their previous successes. Mm. And that becomes uh, the thing that they they cling to. And they realize that they can make decisions and they can focus and they are in control. Mm. It's interesting as a group fitness instructor, one thing we use is our timelines. Uh, You know, we'll say to people, like if you're teaching a class, for example, and there's a minute to go, uh, if you just let them in through it, often people will give up. You know, because, yeah. you know, they, they just think, oh, this is too hard. I can, you know, whereas as an instructor, if you can say, okay, we've got 30 seconds or 40 seconds to go, people will fire up because they, they believe it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a similar thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now they've, you know, you've set, so first of all, um, starting out just thinking, okay, nice and easy, something that's achievable, a little bit challenging, but not out of their depth. Yeah. Well, not out of your depth, yeah. Yeah, start, um, start with the small stuff. Okay. The small stuff first, you know, and it can be as, as much as a simple discipline of, I'm actually going to sit down and I'm going to read a book for 30 minutes. Okay. And you, you just don't read, but yeah. that would be a really good place to start. Okay. You know, it's not, I'm going to read this book for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's, let's take it, you know, 30 minute chunk. Did that. Yeah. You know, next day, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to do it again. Do we need to, before we even go to that process, do we need to recognize the areas? I'm kind of throwing this at you without our prep, but yeah. do we need to recognize our areas where um, we think we need to be mentally stronger? Yeah. Because some people are strong in some areas and really weak in others. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the people that are strong have had some, um, gone through some stuff, yep. so gone through some experience. So I would say the first one is probably um, obviously exercise. Yeah. Okay. So ability exercise and, and toughness there. Other one would be ability to cope with pressure. Okay. Uh, if you want to be successful in business, then you need to be able to cope with a bit of stress and pressure. Yeah. And the the more you experience, the better off you will be at being able to be in those situations yep. and make decisions when they need to be mm, need mm, to be done. Mm. Uh, it's the same, I guess, with people that have been through a series of relationships. Yep. And you'll find people that get to three months and they quit. Yeah. Oh, yeah they're out. When, yep. when it's hard, they don't actually work through anything. Mm. And a lot of successful marriages and successful relationships have been through rocky times. Yeah, well, they all have. They all have, yeah. yeah, yeah. But they work through it and yeah. they continue on. And the ones that work through it, the next time something comes up, they can work through it again. Yeah. And they can work through it again. Because it's a learned process, eh? It's a learned process. Yeah. Um, so 
references make it make a huge yeah. huge um, part of our lives. So. Mm. And I think that's the thing to really recognise with mental toughness is that it is a learned process. Yeah. So so what we're really trying to do to get you guys to think about is to identify some areas first of all where you think you want to be mentally tough, and obviously with this being forever fitness, yeah, we're thinking about fitness. So maybe you know where is the area that you're meant to be mentally tough? Maybe it's your nutrition, or maybe it's the exercise, or something like that. Um, and then what's something you can do that's a challenge but not, you know, like climbing Everest, you know, something that's yeah. achievable within that. So so let's start small. So let's say that you've, you've like, like last week we talked about running. Yep. So let's say you've got your base running down and okay. you're feeling really good yep. and, and that kind of stuff. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. <laughs> and, and you're starting to build your fitness level. Part of your mental toughness might just be, okay, for three runs a week, I'm going to finish really strong. Okay. Like, like I'm just going to pick a one-minute yep. stint yep. and I'm going to finish to yep. my max. Okay, I'm going to yeah. give it everything. I'm just going to give it everything. Yep. And then, you know, and you fall over at the ending, you gasp yep. into yep. your breath. But that that's part of that, you mm. know, the fact that you can just push yourself that hard. Yeah. Um, Les Mills run a program called Bootcamp. Yep. Yeah. So, and it's, uh, for those of you that are playing at home, it's like, <laughs> a, it's like a military-inspired program where they get to train three times a week. Yep. Old school, you know. Old school, yeah. lots, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. In that program, there's actually a saying that the instructors have, which is, I'm a rubber duck and you can't break me. Okay. And, um, nice. Yeah, and, and all they do is we push the instructors as hard as we can, like when they're training for boot camp. Yeah. Push them to the point where, you know, they're just so tired and yeah. so exhausted. And we always say to them, what are you? And they always go, I'm a rubber duck and you can't break me. Nice. And, and that's part of that mental toughness. It's yeah. you being able to get up and do one more yeah. than the guy beside you. Mm-hmm. Really, that's yeah. it. But that starts with... You set yourself 10 press-ups to do, yep. but you actually went to 12. Okay. And what about, let's say, for example, you don't succeed. Let's say you've tried 10 and you've got to 8. Yeah. What do you do there? So so that's your ability to probably um, stop at that point. Think, why did I actually okay. stop? Yep. Did I stop because I was absolutely physically exhausted or could I have probably done a little bit more? Okay, so you're kind of learning your process more, right? Yep, you? learning the processes. And if you're real with yourself and you think, you know, I actually did stop, I could do more, okay. then you need to step it up. Yep. And that's why personal trainers get better results than... Yep, because they, they set limits higher. Yeah, they yeah. just say one more. Yeah. You know, you just, <laughs> you, you, they get paid to say one more. They do. They <laughs> Great do. job. It's not rocket science. No, All no. they do is take you to the point where you think you would normally quit Yep. And they make you do three more, mm. or, or two more, or one more. Mm. And that's, that's it. That's all it is. But when you're on your own, this is the mental toughness thing. No one is watching me. Yeah. I can quit whenever I want. Mm. I can walk right now, mm. but I just won't. And if it means that it's only 10 seconds, or 30 seconds, or 40 seconds, yep. or a minute, harder than you've ever thought you would do, yep. that's... Developing your own. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's awesome it. stuff. And one thing, to also, just on the other side of the um, 10 to 9 type of thing, or like only doing 8 instead of 12, is that sometimes you aren't actually physically up to the challenge. Mm. You know, and so if that's the case, then you need to recognise that and maybe set the goal a little bit closer to, you know, maybe nine's the next goal. Yep. Yeah, in, in line with that. Okay, so now we've thought about why is mental toughness important, uh, why is it good, what's some of the challenges to... I'm just looking at a little list here, what we're we thinking here, we're going... What's some of the benefits of it? So the benefits of it is just your ability to just cope more and more and more. Yep. So like I think we talked about that last week. What, what you can cope with um, now is different to what you can cope with in, in a year's time. Yep. So obviously the benefits of being able to vision a little bit into the future. Yep. I think this is where I want to be. In order for me to be there, I need to be able to cope with mm. this, this and this. Yep. Great. Because mm. you know, I always look at like you training. And yep. When you're doing your Ironman I mean, race and that kind of stuff. It must go through your head at some point. It's just like, 
Man, I do, you just body just wants to stop. Yeah, yeah, you do. And but it just doesn't stop. No, and it's interesting. And the camp I talked about last week that I did, the two things to bring from that was that one was that we had this saying on the camp. It's kind of like your rubber duck is that you can always go up later. Mm. You know, you, we had this thing because <laughs> yeah. you know you were doing. You know, for example, one day we did this. We swam three k's. We rode two hundred and forty, and then we ran for an hour. So it's a stupid amount of exercise. And there was one guy. We got to lunch, and he was mentally dying. He was, you know, he was he'd gone past anything he'd ever achieved before in his life. Mentally, you know, yeah. it's just mental game. And on the camp, we would just sit around and, and you know, we're trying to get him to keep going. He's like, oh, I just can't do it. I want to jump in the van. I want to jump in the van. And uh, one of the guys just said, Look, come out on the bike. You can give up an hour from now. You can give up 10 minutes from now. Just come out on the bike and just, you know, get it. And he got through it and he ended up having a great ride. up doing the whole 240. And, and it really is if you push that, you know, if you're in the hardest moment, if you think you can go a little bit longer, as you say, you, you end up doing that. The other thing is, as well, is that on the camp, uh, one of the boys was making a comment just saying how. Uh, someone was complaining about work to him and he was like mate after doing something like this you know nothing seems impossible yeah. you know? and so that's one of the benefits of mental toughness is that you know going back to the very start you get that trust and all that, that belief that you can kind of do anything that's right yeah. and then when, when pressure does come along later on you do have a reference point you go well I've been through something similar I made it through then yeah or you know what? This isn't even half as no, tough yeah, exactly. As I've already coped, and that's what mentally tough people have, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they know how to deal with it. Eh? Yeah, um, so they need to keep going. So it also gives you a bit of more of a vision. It helps your mind kind of create a picture of what you can become. Yeah, and and I think with, with that comes that whole self belief and confidence. You mm. know, you've got your vision of what's actually possible, mm. and and probably a certain awareness of you don't even know what's possible because now you kind of think, man, I. Well, it's totally true, because if, like, if you've only ever thought something was possible, you don't look at the opportunities, do you? Yeah. And then once you actually realise you can do something, you think, well, in this case, maybe I could do a half marathon, or I could do, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. But if, I, like, if I, if I, you know, if even if I was training Bevan right back at the beginning when he's first starting, yep. his, you run right, yep. and you, you can only run five k right yep. back at the beginning. If I said, right, what I'm going to do is we're going to keep doing Ironman, you'd just be like, I yeah. can't even. It's another world, eh? It's another world. Yeah. It's not even. You can't cope. It's with just it. unrealistic. Yeah, you've got to go through the five k first. Mm. Mm. And then you're going to do the 10. Yeah. And then you're going to do the 20. And then eventually you get there, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's it, you know. If you want to lose 30 kgs, you've still got to be able to give up coffee if you wanted to. Yeah. You know, it, it's that. It's being able to put down your cigarettes, you know. And, yeah, and, totally. And have the toughness to push through that time, mate. Toughness to push through that because, like, nothing will prepare you better for life later on than some really good hard decisions now. And it's, it's interesting, you often look at people who are really successful and they've often had a lot of really huge stress in their life quite early on, yeah. uh, you know, and sometimes quite some bad stress, but as you're saying, you can even use it as a bad or a good thing and sometimes some of the people who I know, the most successful people I know, just know how to handle that level of mental toughness through stress and uh, yeah, I, and I think as a, as a journey on your kind of path to life, I know it's something that both you and I do, is that, you know, you really want to put yourself in those situations where you have to be mentally tough. You know, that's what a goal process is about, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's, yeah, that, that's actually a really good way to think about it. If you put yourself in, in, the, in the way of some things that you, want, you know you need to work through mm. and have those challenges for yourself, then you will start to prepare for that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great stuff. Anything else to add on this? Um, no, just get yourself a really good, clear picture. Yep. So get yourself a big goal. Yep. Break it down to your small goals, and then actually put in some mental challenges along the way. Yeah. And and then just do what we've been talking about. You know, if you're out for your run, yep. why not finish harder? Okay. You know what? Why not? Uh, just one thing I'd like to add is um, 
you know, use inspiration. Uh, you know, like for me, you know, re- reading Lance Armstrong's book. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to go for a run that time. You think you're going to run faster, or you know, and really try to add as much inspiration as you can, or, or people around you, environment. We've talked about this one last week's show a little bit, but you know, that way. You know, if you can read some really good biographies of people who are mentally tough, yeah. or you can surround yourself with those people, it just it really does make a difference. Yeah, um, yeah, so. and yeah, and those books are all over the place. So, oh, so, there's, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of that stuff around. Yeah, yeah. so you go out there, find it, read it, smack it, smack it, listen, hammer down, <laughs> and then when you're mentally tough, like, smack the people who are weak beneath you. <laughs> Not that I'd do that because it'd no, be wrong. Bring them up, hey. <laughs> bring them up. That's the only way. Uh, okay, so let's move on to our uh, exercise of the week. Zealand over the last kind of few years, one of the really big sports has been triathlons taken off like crazy, yep. eh? and you get a lot of, they have these really great events, uh, like female triathlon races, um, you know, the special case series, and they're really popular, eh? Yeah, and even like the kids ones. Yeah, the kids ones are huge, yep. awesome, eh? They get like 5,000 kids in, you know, yeah. a triathlon, my daughter did it, and it's a great event because they get so proud. One of the things that's a real problem with it is that a lot of people are afraid of the swim, uh, you get a lot of, particularly females I've talked to, that you know, want to do it, but, oh, the swim. And, you know, they make the swim pretty achievable. For Most of them are anywhere from two to 500 metres, which most people could probably do if they spend a bit of time on it. Um, so we thought we'd just kind of touch on swimming, basically. You know, what are some really good things to think of in regards to swimming? And we kind of just basically wrote down some overall kind of guidelines into thinking about swimming. And the first thing I think is really important with swimming is that if you don't have a swimming background, we're kind of really talking to those people right now, if you don't have a swimming background, you need to get a coach. Yeah. And, and well, first of all, why is a coach important in any region? Well, coach really um, can eliminate a lot of the mistakes early on. Yeah. So um, the coach can put you on the right track, say this is the technique, yep. this is how you train, this is the time you train for, and yep. this will give you this result. Yep. Whereas if you kind of go in there and you're just bashing around on your own, you can yep. waste months doing oh. that, and then they have to retrain you anyway. Yeah, and there's two reasons that's really important. First of all, swimming has the fear of death. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? like, you go for a run, unless you're worried about cars, you're not you're not worried so much about yeah. that. But people have this general fear of water, especially if you're not a swimmer. They've yeah. come from a background where they're so fearful of water, and it's quite nice if you can learn to swim because then it becomes quite liberating in, yes. in your lifestyle. But so people have this fear of you know what if I drown or what if I get water what if I can't breathe and they have all these concerns going Jaws into gets it. Me. Yeah, which Jaws gets me <laughs> exactly. But yeah, all the good movies today, aren't we? So um, and so that, for that reason, it's really important a coach will hold your hand through the process and yeah. make you feel a lot safer in the environment. The other reason is of all the sports, swimming is probably one of the most technical sports to get the feel for. Uh, a real good example is me. I'm I'm an extremely fit person, you know, stupidly fit. I spend way too much time doing exercise. And when I started swimming, I'd go to the pool, and, you know, I'm the youngest, fittest guy there. I'd be swimming with these guys who'd be 50, overweight, went to the pub every night with beer guts, but they knew how to swim. They'd yeah. swam since I'd been five. And I'd get in the water, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to come in these guys. And got in the water, and they just crapped on me. They just yeah. absolutely beat the crap out of me. And I just didn't have technique and because it's all about feeling the water and all that kind of stuff and unless you have the technique and you know I, I'd swim with my head above the water you know like I was it was just wasn't that pretty <laughs> so um, the coach is really going to for me more than any other sport technique is just so important in swimming and so for me the, the 
key to the coaches to really A, make you feel safe, and B, really get you on the guideline for your, for your technique. Yeah, it stops you wasting time. Really does, yeah. eh? And, now, and with that, you know, you may not necessarily have to get a one-on-one coach if you don't want to do it that way, but one of the great things about swimming is that there's a lot of great squads out there. And mm. for example, in New Zealand, they have learned to swim, and the government actually funds uh, swim squads for people who can't swim. So look in your local area, you know, find your local pool, and you know, see if they have a learn to swim type program, and you'll find you'll get a lot of people who are in a similar situation for you to you and it makes you feel a little yeah. bit kind of and, and don't put it off either like I, I think with triathlons that people do the run and they do the bike yeah. and then kind of towards the end they go oh you know what I should hop in the pool yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah it's well it's the hardest thing to do isn't yeah. it yeah and yeah. you know what I, even as in kind of an elite triathlete I'm guilty of that because it's mm. the kind of thing I still find the toughest but I know to get my progress that's the thing I need to do I the actually most. have a bronze swimming certificate for doing oh, a back it up doing a starfish in the big pool oh you've made it <laughs> Mate, can you be my coach? <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, swimming you need equipment, um, and just generally you need your speedos or togs. Budgie smugglers. Do you have, do you have speedos? Uh, I'm more when you're in your, doing your starfish? Yeah, yeah I, I was. <laughs> I did have a red pair of speedos. <laughs> I can't deny I still wear speedos, but it's only when I'm swimming, not when I'm at the beach. There is a difference. Um, you need speedos. Generally, most swimmers will have um, things called paddles. Uh, they basically a, a bit of plastic you put around your hands, which is great for developing strength. Uh, you'll need a kickboy, which is something you put between your legs, which actually keeps you floating up higher, which teaches your body to be in a stronger position, and some fins, which is really good for your strength through your legs, and actually for developing more um, cardiovascular fitness in the water, because cool. it's a lot harder. Good so, yeah, well, you know, that's what I'm here for. Um... I would then really start to think about the process and realise that swimming as a sport does take time. Yeah. It's uh, a game because it's a technique-based sport. It's not the kind of thing where six months you're going to be great at it. Uh, for me, I really only considered myself a good swimmer after three years of yeah. pretty full-on training. Uh, you will be competent after maybe a year or two, but you know, long-term, if you're thinking of doing real big swimming stuff, that's going to take a lot longer. But competency, you'll probably start to achieve in a year or so. Yeah, so if it's you know your first triathlon and it is like a 200 Yeah, and with 200 metres, so. is not that much. No, then, then it is. It's just get in the pool, yeah. get some coach, get some good technique, yeah. and you might actually find you really enjoy it and you can start to progress into those bigger ones. And then I want to go back to what we talked about earlier on the show, mental toughness. Yeah. You know, really get in the pool, okay, first time, try to do one length, you know, even or half a length, and stand up at halfway, maybe walk out the second, you know, and over time set mental goals that, okay, well, I'm going to just try to last another few seconds longer. And then over time you'll find, like, for example, in a 25-meter pool, 200 is only eight lengths. Mm. So over time you'll find you'll be able to do eight lengths if you really set that mental goal. And you find that if you're able to do that, um, you know, you, that becomes more achievable. Um, and, and I think that kind of goes along with setting the goal of it as well. You know, really think of what is the goal here. Well, the goal is to do a triathlon. The triathlon is going to take me 300 meter swim. Um, it means I've got to do 12 lengths in the pool. So you're working towards that the whole time. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, and yeah, I, I think those are the main tips really with swimming. Yeah, anything that's you good. can think of? No, that's it. How did you do starfish? Uh, I spread my legs, I spread yeah. my arms, nice. face down in the water. Face down. And you hold your breath for 20 seconds. Oh, did you have to do 20 seconds? 20 seconds. To get the right. sticker, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never got my silver, but, oh, I'm, but a bit, yeah. I'm a bit better at swimming now. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you swim? I swim a little. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I quite like, um, I like pools. Yeah. I like doing the pool swimming. But um, again, one of the things I really like to get my confidence up is in the, the open water. Because yeah. like you said, that's a completely yep. different style yeah, of swimming, totally. eh? So, yeah. And, and I think for me, like I think one thing about learning to swim, if you haven't learned to swim, you kind of realise that learning skills is easy enough. 
you know like for me swimming I, I never really liked the beach mm. like I would go to the beach I was never really into the beach and now that I'm a swimmer I love the beach like when I'm at the beach I'm just catching waves all day and it's such an awesome thing and um, I think when you actually do something hard like swimming and that mental toughness thing it really opens up to experiences that you maybe wouldn't have yeah. considered before that's great and uh, you know the experiences you can have with your family going to the beach obviously is more you know something that's really cool let's go Anyway, uh, we're going to have a bit, bit, bit shorter today, mate. Anything you want to add? You know, life-changing, you know? We'll have a bit of a chat. Yeah? So what are you up to then? What's Ash up to in his life? What's Ash up to in his life? Well, actually, I've just, um, we've got two little girls. Yeah? Yeah, oh, nice. a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So wow. we're quite opposite, you know. We've got we've got the kids. With the yin and yang. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're yin and yang. So, uh, which is quite funny. Just, so you're married, man? Yep, married for 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. Shit, so, how old are you? Uh, 34. So you got married quite young? Yes, I did. Respect, yeah. big ups, you know. <laughs> we've got that mental toughness. Yeah, I've worked through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's excellent. But yeah, so we took the girls and um, actually took my little girl, four year old for a wee run down to the park. Wow. Starting her off, we did about 100 metres. Nice. And uh, yeah, she loved it. That's funny, we, that's something we should actually talk about on this at some stage is fitness with kids. Yeah. Like, what are you doing to make them active? Uh, well, I do, basically, we have um, sort of reward processes yeah. for, for exercise and that kind of yeah. stuff and just playing outside, kicking the ball. Just yeah. do it old school. Making it fun, eh? Yeah, and yeah. I've got that, I, I do a television show for. There we go. <laughs> another so, great segue. Another segue. Uh, a tele- television show called Activate, which is um, basically healthy food and nutrition for kids and, and exercise. Yeah. Um, we use 15 year olds on the show, but it's based from seven up. Okay. You know, watching, and they have to cook healthy meals, and they have to do physical challenges, and yeah. then there's challenges we issue for the kids at home, and there's a website where they can go and build their own programs yeah. and. Yeah, it's going great. And, and what kind of feedback are you getting? Yeah, really good. I really? mean, um, it's, yeah, kids uh, recognise me, that's a good yeah. thing. He's a celeb. He said, he, he said before the show, oh, I was at the camp, someone came up and talked to me. Can I, I, can I get your signature right now? Before you, you know, because the first ones will make the most money. Yeah, yeah good then. I'll do the collectors. <laughs> so, no, 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 life's all coming up Millhouse. What about you? Well, um, just a bit of my history. Um, well, I've got a little daughter too, but she's yes. 11. I started young, but it wasn't planned, but I do love my daughter to bits. Um, and we, like, activity-wise, we spend a lot of time, like, every day after to school she comes home and I'm quite fortunate that I have a lifestyle where I don't work a lot which is kind of great and so after school we always go play basketball play catch and uh, I don't own a car which yeah. is uh, which is a great thing in some ways but for my daughter it's sometimes a bit of a burden and uh, she actually bikes with me everywhere which is awesome. yeah it's really great yeah. like for example last night we went to a friend's house for dinner she had to bike for 45 minutes and you know like it's it's that sounds like a lot nowadays but it's you know it's not hard for a kid to do and it wasn't yeah. like smacking it it was just yeah. and we gossip away as we're going along and she feels you know she he really gets that sense of pride yeah you know my daughter like when I was a kid I was a sports girl you know I was like you know I was anything sports I was doing and she's yeah. not that kid she's someone who likes to dance but she's more of a creative kid and but this way she's learning the process of you know what it's like to be that's, that's it and like the, the what we teach our kids now is really passing on to our grandchildren so yeah it's, totally it's, it's getting back to old school yeah. tactics of just getting out there. Yeah, totally. And so, yeah, but other than that, mate, I'm a, I'm a single man, so I'm the yang. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I've been single for like a year. I'm getting no love, so I'm. <laughs> I know, I don't want to be dropping hints. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be professional here, mate, yeah. but you know. Aren't married people supposed to set up single people? That's right. Uh, actually, back a brother up, yeah, mate. Back a brother up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what, uh, this week's show. Next week, uh, we haven't actually done our prep for that, but we'll bring some amazing content to you. Amazing. If you have any questions, um, you can email us at, is it forever? No, ishinbevan at gmail. That's it, ishinbevan at gmail.com. And uh, our website is ishinbevan.com. 
Okay, you should yes. remember. Yeah, we'll, we'll. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to edit that bit. Okay, it's 26. Okay, and uh, you can email us and uh, if you have any questions, and we actually would like to get questions through, so send us some questions through and um, then we can actually design our content more based on what you yep. guys want. And, uh, Perfect. It's all good. So uh, right. get out there, party hard. and uh, You have a good one, man. See ya. So uh, that's pretty much today's show. Just want to thank our sponsors. First of all, coffeesofhawaii.com for all your coffee needs. Now, Coffees of Hawaii, if you haven't joined up for the Coffee Club, it's a really great way to keep in contact with some of the specials that they're putting out there and they kind of send you some emails and stuff. And then when you order, you're obviously a member and there are some advantages to doing that. So make sure you join up. One thing I would encourage you to do is when your friends come around to your house and you pull out the old Coffees of Hawaii and they're well impressed, then say, you should join the club too. Because the bigger we make the Coffees of Hawaii network, the bigger and better it is for the world, I reckon. We have Athlinks.com. Now, Athlinks is a great way to keep in contact. And one thing I've been noticing that lots of you guys have been getting on and joining A, the Ironman Talk group, which we're loving, and B, actually going on and doing the discussion forum. It's been pretty interesting. We haven't talked about the discussion forum this week, obviously, because it's a different show. But uh, jump on and talk about it and have a look at the Olympics one. It's, there's some... Some really funny comments on there. If you're unsure of how to get to there, go to www.ironmantalk and click on either our blog link at the top of the page or where it says discussion of the week. Um, just click on where it says go to discussion and that will take you straight there. If you haven't already joined up Athlinks, make sure you do that now. And then lastly, uh, trybuys.com. Now, I just went on the website then. The Sepo bike hasn't gone yet so and they said it's going to happen in the next few weeks. So if you haven't jumped on now, this is the time to do it. Uh, it's it's amazing bike. You know what? It just looks bloody brilliant. So if you like a good looking bike, it's the way to go. Um, and you know what? I was actually thinking about this when I was looking at the website a minute ago. I was thinking last time when they gave away the Blackwell wheels, a listener of Iron Man Talk won it. Now I'm not saying that the boys at Tribys have hooked that up, but if they have, then that helps your chances. Because if you're an Iron Man Talk listener, I'm just saying, I'm, I don't know. I, you know what? The boys at Tribys are good dudes, and I'm sure they're honest, and there'd be a system, and it'd be fair for everybody. But you know what? I'm just saying, Iron Man Talk listener, it increases your chances. So get on there, join up for the club, get on for that SEPO bike, and also have a look at the great specials they have. Remember, international shipping, uh, over $200 US, you get free shipping, and it's a bargain if you ask me. So remember, coffeesofhawaii.com for all your coffee needs, and I'm sure the boys in Epic Camp Italy right now are loving that. I'm sure John actually talked about that in the interview. I did listen to the last bit of the interview, and he's giving me crap about my love life, but, you know, it's okay, John. Feeling in love, mate. Feeling in love. We have athletes.com and we also have what's the last one? We have tribeyes.com. So it's about two and a half weeks before I head off to road um, or to Camp Kiakaha first. And I'm in a bit of a funny situation with my training. I've had probably the best three weeks training I've ever, ever had by myself. Um, I'm the kind of athlete that if you put me in a group environment, I, I thrive, like Epic Camp or when I go for my long rides. If I can find a bunch of guys to ride with, I tend to really thrive in those environments. And one of the weaknesses I've had as an athlete over the years is that training by myself, I tend to sometimes take the easy option or cut sessions short or um, just not train as hard as I maybe should. And uh, it's been really fascinating. Since getting back from Bali, I've pretty much had three and a half weeks where I've just been constantly smacking myself in day in day out been doing long weeks last two weeks I've done 35 plus hours I'll do another 35 plus hour week this week and uh, like for example today I've done an hour and a half swim I did a five and a half hour ride and a half an hour run and just feeling really great at the moment and it's really I don't know what it is uh, 
actually, I do know what it is. I've put it down to, I talked about that book, Getting Things Done, and I put it down to sitting down on a Sunday night each week and planning my week and uh, making sure that I don't just have my training planned, but my life planned. And by having that planned, I'm finding that when it comes time to train, I can just focus on training. And uh, yeah, I don't know, it's really interesting, the motivation it's giving me. So uh, does that mean I'm going to have a good road? I don't know. I'm kind of in a place where I kind of wish I had a few more weeks earlier on in the path to see if I could have got a bit more of a base in. But hey, I'm feeling good, so who knows? Um, other than that, I think it's pretty much the show for this week. We're going to be uh, doing more Epic Camp interviews maybe throughout this week or maybe it's just a full-length show next week. John was saying it's pretty tough to get some interviews in over there, which I'm saying is pretty weak. He's sharpen up because you remember Epic Camp New Zealand? Every day I got an interview out, but hey... There's professional, and then there's, well, I'm not going to go there. So uh, that's this week's show. Uh, John stuffed up the ending in his last little bit there, so I'm going to see if I can get it right. So I'm going to go, I am Russ, I am Don't train hard, train smart, kia kaha. Just for the record, there's going to be no extra bit this week, and, and I promise there'll be no swearing. All right, guys, see you, bye.